Learn more about fun local events and interesting people throughout the heart of Middle Tennessee with a dash of everyday tech talk thrown in for good measure. The Local Click starts now. Hello and welcome to The Local Click. The Local Click is the new podcast series brought to you by DTC Communications. We'll be bringing it to you the first Wednesday of each month. I'm Nick Noakes. I'll be the host of the program, and my co-host is Mr. Justin Malden. Justin, thanks for being here with us today. Listen, I'm excited to be here, glad to kick this off, and excited for what we have in store. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk to uh, some some of our customers that have interesting stories about how they use technology in their day-to-day lives, but we're also going to talk some tech tips. I know you're going to help us with some of those things. Justin's very smart. He's the tech guy. He's the right guy for the job on that. We're going to also have an Ask the Experts segment, and that'll be where we bring one of our DTC techs in who may talk about some of the common problems that you may run into in your own home with technology when it comes to uh, DTC-related products or even other things. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. We'll have uh, Mr. Jerry Bradshaw helping us on today's episode with that in just a little bit. We'll also have the Tech News Roundup where Justin will talk about some of the latest technology news, right? Yes, listen, there's so many exciting things that are going out there. And, you know, it's almost from month to month as we look at this. I think, you know, when I'm going to talk about this month, by next month, it's probably going to be old news with as fast as technology life cycle changes. But looking forward to giving you a little bit of insight and a little bit of, of tips on some of the things that we can do. And hopefully it stays relevant for a little bit longer. Than At least that. long enough for that month, right? Yes. <laughs> yep. And so, and also we're going to talk about some of the places that DTC is going to be because we're always out and about in the local communities that we serve and we love it. And so we've got a segment called uh, what's up DTC. You don't want to miss that. And um, we always have lots of cool freebies and giveaways. We usually give away at some of the events we're set up. So it's, Good idea to kind of stay in tuned with our calendar as well. So, and if you happen to see us out there, make sure you say hello. Uh, we always like talking to our customers. But uh, as far as the uh, podcast part of some housekeeping part of the show, where can people watch or listen to the podcast? So as a podcast, this is a video podcast. So you may be listening to this via audio, but if you want to actually see our faces and see our guests, and I promise you, you won't have to see me very long or too too much during this podcast, but you can go to uh, YouTube or you can go to Facebook as well. You can be you can stream those uh, at your leisure. Be sure to follow our social media pages so that you can stay up to date on everything that we have going on and the Local Click podcast as well. If you want to listen to it in your vehicle while you're traveling, if you want to listen to it while you're working out, whatever it may be that may you may want to listen to. If you've got an Apple device, we're on Apple Podcast. You have an Android device, we're on Android as well. We're on Spotify, we're on Overcast, and any podcast platform that you can think of, we're going to be on there. If you want to find us, find the search bar on there. Type in the local click, search for us. You'll find us on there. You'll be able to see our logo. You'll see the description of the show. You can download the individual show, but the important thing that we really want you to do is we want you to subscribe so that every time when we come out on that first Wednesday of every month, you don't have to go find us. We'll automatically populate in your podcast feed, and you can listen to us each and every month. Well, you made that sound pretty easy because it is easy, right? Yes. Yeah. It's Listen, again, the way that we can access information via technology nowadays is simple. They want to make things simple and we want to make it easy for you. So that we just show up there and all you have to do is click play and we'll be right there waiting for you. 
I like simple, so I'm all about that. So that sounds like a great idea to me. In today's episode, we'll kind of give a little preview of who we're, who we're about to speak to. We have uh, Mr. A.J. Daniel with Huff & Puff Trucking. They have an amazing story, how they started out as a very small operation in Bradyville, Tennessee. And now they're anything but. I mean, they are just burning up the roads there everywhere. So, And they're a great supporter of the community, and uh, we're really fortunate to have them with us today. And also, we'll be speaking with Mr. Kyle Owen of Kyle Owen Farms. And, um, man, he's always into something. He's got like 6,000 acres that he works with and all kinds of different crops that he's uh, involved with. And he has some really great stories, and he's got something special to kind of share about a, a little award that he's been uh, presented with for this year that I think you'll find very interesting too. And my special guest right now is Mr. Kyle Owen. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. And so you are based in Smith County. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. So in you Carthage. Got to, got to drive all the way from Miss from Carthage over to Woodbury. Do you get over this area often? Not very often at all. No, but we had a nice trip over this morning. It was kind of interesting to see. We came away that I never went before and uh, saw some new scenery. So, Well, that's nice. nice. We were kind of talking off camera a little bit before we started about how uh, this morning's temperature almost felt like the first fall day Yes, w- temperature-wise that we've had yes. for a while. And I so welcome it. So <laughs> glad to see it. It's a hot one last week, wasn't it? Was it was miserable. It was really hard on us. That's something you can't hide from as a as a farmer, can you? Absolutely not. Can't hide from it. Can't run from it. Just have to tolerate it. And keep <laughs> Just going. Have to deal with it. Yep. Trudge through. <laughs> so, uh, for the people that don't know about you and and what your farm does, tell us a little bit about about what is it? Kyle Owen Farms. Is That's that correct? Name? Yes. Okay. Yes, and uh, we farm in Smith County and uh, five counties total, four surrounding counties from Smith. Um, a little over six thousand acres of row crops, uh, tobacco. Uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, watermelons, and pumpkins. Wow. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Pretty diverse, yes. So did you start with such a diverse product offering, or did you kind of specialize oh, in no, one thing, no. or how did that work out? When we started, it was just strictly tobacco. Uh, the demand for tobacco was kind of going downhill, it seemed like, and, uh, you know, less smokers and just less tobacco consumption all the way around. So we just looked to do something different, and then we started uh, – row cropping on a very small scale with corn and soybeans, and we've just expanded from there. Now, this is kind of an odd question, but do you have a favorite? You know, I, I guess I, the corn and soybeans are easier by far than the rest of it because it's much less labor involved, but tobacco is sort of near and dear to my heart. It's what got me started, so I, I kind of— That's how you cut your teeth, huh? That's right. That's it. So, so uh, how did you get started in agriculture, is this a like a family tradition that was passed down, or did you just kind of have an odd interest helping other farmers around and decided to do it yourself? Or, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, I guess, considered a first generation farmer. Um, my dad was a school teacher, and he did have a small piece of land there and had a, a handful of cows tinkered with in the summer when he was off from school. But uh, I just really enjoyed it. It was always what I wanted to do, and I, I helped every neighbor around. You know, all my high school years and, and before high school. You know would come pick me up before I was old enough to drive and I would have them on the farm and just always had a strong passion for it what so I wanted to do the hard work didn't scare you off during all those young years it didn't I don't know why but it that's didn't. Awesome. I, I enjoyed it that's awesome. I really enjoyed it so how many acres did you say again did you go Total? a little over six thousand wow now. wow now I'm sure you probably didn't start at such a high level so how did you basically grow that to such a level over over these years well just 
slow and steady wins the race, I guess. We just tried to increase every year. You know, I always heard if you wasn't growing, you're dying. And uh, we just tried to keep expanding and keep expanding. And, and we tried to do a real good job with everything and, and be good stewards of the land. And, and we ran a lot of these farms and we take good care of people's property. And, and uh, word traveled and, you know, people were ready to retire and give up their operations. And, and we were able to step in and, and take over a lot of those farms. And we just continued on. I'm sure there's got to be a sense of pride to know that you've got a small part of kind of keeping the tradition going in Smith County for such a industry, you know, that's been so important to everyone for so many years. You think about it. I mean, well before electricity, right? Oh, sure. Yes. It's survival. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a necessity, you know, people, they look at the way we farm now and they think that it's just strictly a business and, and, uh, you know, it's all about the dollar, but it's not. I mean, of course, I have to make a living, but, you know, farming is, is a necessity to keep the world fed. You know, the the corn and soybeans and things like that that we produce, it's shipped all over. You know, mm-hmm. barges going overseas, uh, who, who knows where it ends up. So it's feeding the entire world, and, uh, you know, it's just an occupation that we can't do without. What kind of workforce does it take to have that many acres in production It's uh long? We have a a large group of employees, seasonally especially. Um, we have uh, 10 to 12 full-time employees that stay with us year-round. Um, and then we'll have somewhere around 40 to 50 seasonal workers come in, and, and uh, they'll stay from April to December. Wow. So you, that's a lot of people to keep up with. It's a lot of people to keep up with. Yes, it is. It's... it's uh, it's a full-time job just managing the labor force, really. Right. Um, keeping up with where they're at and what they're doing and what they're going to do next. Um, it, it keeps me hopping. <laughs> so how does how does weather factor? I know that's probably one of the biggest things that, you know, agriculture in general has to deal with because you can't control it, right? But yet there's still things that have to get done. So um, do you just try to work around, you know, bad seasons? You know, we talked about heat just a moment ago where I'm sure there's rain and and things went in cold, cold dips and things like that. How, what's your mentality on some of those kinds of well, things? Well, we just, we have to deal with it. We have to work through it. You know, it's, farming is one of the few occupations that it doesn't matter how hard you try, how good a job you do, the weather is the key factor. You know, at the end of the day, whether, you know, we can, can make a crop or not is based upon the weather. Um, so, you know, we just hope and pray for, for good weather conditions and, and do the best we can. And, and we have to, you know, we, we pick these watermelons. When when you go to the grocery store, you expect to see watermelons sitting there in the box. Right. You know, well, that day that we picked those, it may have been raining right straight down and we had no choice because when you go to the store that night to get your watermelon, you don't think about the fact that it rained all day and somebody was out there picking those. So we just, uh, you know, we've picked watermelons in the mud up to our knees, you know, just to make sure that we've got the product sitting there so when the customer comes to get it, it's available. You know, as a society, we really, we take it for granted, don't we? What it takes to bring that watermelon from the field to their home. Yes. On their table. Yes, everything in a grocery store. When you walk in a grocery store, the majority of the public doesn't think about it, but everything in that store started on a farm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It didn't just magically appear on the shelf in the no, store. No, it did not. No, but that, that, I think that's the mentality of a lot of people. Yeah. So, And I think, you know, nowadays that there's been a lot more things to recognize and to show what's going on in the agricultural industry so people do realize that it's it's not just right. there. Right. So I'm sure when you're 
like any industry, you're always looking for some kind of competitive advantage so that you can get the most bang for your buck out of your man hours, your labor force, your materials, your equipment and all that. And so how has maybe technology affected um, the, the farming industry? What kind of technology do you use around the farm that kind of helps you get your job done maybe quicker or faster or, or just more efficiently? We try to stay as up to par as we can on all the uh, the technologies that's available, which there's new stuff coming out all the time. And, and of course, we can't have everything that just pops up and, and is available on our farm. But, but we do use, you know, auto track guidance on all our tractors. We've got row shutoffs on the planters, um, a boom track on the sprayers. Everything is, is basically operating itself. We still have to have people in the machinery, but... But it, it does a whole lot of it on its own, and that helps us. It, it keeps the operators um, from being so tired, you know, really, because we may sit in one for 16 hours a day. And just taking some of that stress load off, it really helps the operators, and, and it helps us be much more efficient. We're not wasting chemical. We're not wasting fuel. Right. Not wasting fertilized products, you know, anything. So uh, the technology, it, it helps us to operate efficient, um, and we have to be as efficient as you could possibly imagine being to do everything we do in the time frame that we have to do it in. I'm a very novice person when it comes to your industry. I enjoy the, the product, the fruits of your labor, so to speak. <laughs> but as far as how it gets to my house, you know, uh, I've learned a lot just really honestly from a month or two ago when we went over to your farm and we were taking some photos for a photo right. shoot, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize that you had GPS on your tractors to keep the row straight as you're going back and forth, right? Correct, yes. That's amazing <laughs> yes. to me. That's amazing to me. Yeah, that just blows my mind. So. It, it drives it within an inch. So you, you know. get it started, and then it takes off and does the rest. You, you, you mark an A-B line, and uh, that tractor will follow that line to the end of the earth if it could. One of the other things we noticed that day, you were talking about the scales that you use. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah, we put in a new truck set of truck scales where we can uh, – we can keep better track of our grain inventory that way. You know, we know exactly what's coming in, exactly what's going out. And uh, our grain system is about a mile and a half from where our shop and our office is. So uh, luckily we have high-speed internet there at, uh, at the grain system and at the shop. And, and we put in a, uh, a system on the scales where every bit of the data that comes across those scales is transferred to our office where my wife works all the time. So I don't have to have somebody in the scale house. It, it saves me, a, oh, wow. you know, a full, you know, day's worth of labor every day by having that where we can transfer that information you know via internet to, from the scales to the shop so it saves you money and labor oh costs, absolutely yes and also it's probably very accurate too it right? is yes yes yep and there, there's no chance of of a driver losing a way ticket or anything like that to where we could you know get out of whack on, on where we're at because it's every bit sent straight to her and, and she keeps up with it you know spreadsheets and things so it's very accurate so I guess uh, having DTC broadband is pretty important to keeping oh, it all connected, all these moving so. parts. Very much so, yes. When we, uh, when we got the opportunity to get that down in our area, we were so thankful um, because we, we really needed it. We'd been using satellite internet and things like that, and it was just a disaster. So we jumped right on board when they came down and, and asked us to sign up for the, the high-speed internet, man, it's helped us so oh, much. That's, well, that's great. Um, it's always great to hear the success stories of our customers and how they use the product, you know, some in traditional ways and, and honestly some in non-traditional ways that I've learned about it, like in your operation, right. like we're talking about with the GPS and mm-hmm. the other things, and even the scales and stuff, th- things like that you just kind of don't, you don't think about if you're not right. in it day-to-day. Right, and, uh, you know, our grain dryer, uh, we've got a dryer there that when we harvest the grain that's it's too high in moisture, it goes through the drying system and dries it down to, to the level it's got to be to deliver. I can monitor all that from my telephone and control that 
thanks to having the, the high speed internet. There. Really? Mm-hmm. So you could grab your phone right now and you oh absolutely hit a button. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's come a long way. It has, it has <laughs> a long way. But I'm thankful for it. Oh yeah, it, it makes, makes life, life a little bit better. Doesn't That's it? right. That's right. Absolutely. So congratulations, by the way, on being named the Tennessee Farmer of the Year by UT Extension, right? Thank you. Yes. And I heard about that recently. So tell us a little bit how you learned about this and kind of what it was like to be selected. That's an honor, right? It is an honor, yeah. I'm I'm really grateful. Um, The... uh, the UT Extension here or there in Smith County is, is I've been very involved with them over the last several years and, and we filled out an application and they sent it in to to I guess UT, you know, I don't really know how it all went about. But anyway, um, luckily I thankfully I was chosen as the state farm of the year and uh, now that, that I've been chosen for that we have to go to Moultrie, Georgia in October for the Southeastern Ag Expo. Farmer of the Year. So, oh, okay. So you're in the running for yes, that. Yes, yes. There's myself and nine other farmers from the southeast region that'll be competing in that. Oh, that's awesome. Were you shocked when you found out that you oh, were Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. I, I had no intentions whatsoever or no thoughts of actually winning. So, <laughs> but I, I'm thankful for it. Well, that's awesome. But the hard work has paid off. You don't, I suppose, you, yes. You, yes, you can't uh, take care of 6,000 acres without doing a lot of hard work. Uh, well, I've invested a lot of time in it. Yep. For sure. Yep. You can ask my wife and my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they've invested they'll a little time, too. They've invested they a, a lot of time, too, and, and sacrificed a lot of family time, you know, for what I've had to do. So how, how do they help around the farm? Is there some thing? I know you mentioned that your wife helps in the office Yeah, quite she a bit. works in the office full time. And, and the, the kids are, you know, our kids are small, but they, they do enjoy getting out with us. And So how and many the, kids do you have? We have two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two what daughters, are their ages? Six and two. They're, they're interested in the farm. Um, not a lot they can do yet. You know, they like to get out and ride on a gator with us or, i bet they'd like you know. to help you as much as you would like them to i'm sure Probably anywhere so, you're going yes. they'd like to tag they along do. a bit they do yeah really like the watermelon field they, they're both big watermelon really? fans yes so yeah. they, they enjoy being out in the watermelon field so and they get to see firsthand how it, how it starts and how it ends right oh yeah all of it uh-huh That's pretty yeah, neat. They, they came to the randy brought them to the tobacco barns the other day we were hanging tobacco and and uh, they were really impressed to see how all that was done you know all the she was pretty intrigued by it. So. Well, that's good. You may have a, a future farmer there. I hope so. Yeah. I need one. Yeah, we all do, don't <laughs> that's we? That's right. That's right. <laughs> we all like to eat. So That's true. Very I true. know I do. <laughs> Me too. Too much. Uh, do you see any kind of future trends maybe in the farming industry? Anything up and coming? Yeah, I think the uh, the value-added products, the, the farm-to-table stuff, is, uh, you know, you, you see now that there, there are a lot of livestock operations that are marketing their beef direct. Urban development is is a real struggle for us. I mean, you know, they're, they're just closing in on the farms constantly, you know, subdivisions and things like that. So uh, I feel like that um, doing something on a smaller scale is is where farming is going in the future. You know, there, there's not going to be 6,000 acres spread out for, for us to farm on, you know, right. down the road because, of course, it's going to be filled up with houses. So, uh, you know, the value-added farm-to-table products like uh, – you know, just selling direct uh, the produce, you know, the, at the farmer's markets and things like that. Just smaller mm-hmm. scale, higher profit margin stuff, I think, is, is where it's going to be forced to go, whether that's what people want to do or not. Well, speaking of your products, uh, if people wanted to find some of your products locally, you know, in the counties around where this is being uh, produced, do you have any suggestions of where they can go to find any of your stuff? Yes, yes. There are watermelons are at Kroger's um, all over the southeast. And... Um, 
you know, actually, I, I guess that you could be eating our products anywhere you go at any point in time. Um, Probably wouldn't even know it. Yeah. That's right, because, you yeah. know, all of our, our the, the bulk of our corn goes to Tyson, to Tyson Feed Mills, where they make chicken feed. Yeah. So, you know, every time you eat a Tyson chicken, you could be eating one that ate my corn. So. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. It's amazing what makes the world go round, isn't it? That's right. It is. Well, Kyle, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy day Thank to you. be here with Thank us you. I today. It. And you come back and see us sometime. All right, we'll do it. All right. Thanks. Stay tuned. More of the Local Click coming up. Here's normal internet speed. Here's the gig difference. Average speed, gig. Not enough speed, gig speed. With gig internet from DTC, everything's different. Video streaming is a breeze. Music and photos fly and gaming gets real with no data limits. That's the gig difference. Call or visit DTC online and get your gig today. Welcome back to The Local Click. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to start this segment off with a little special thing that we're going to do each and every month called Justin's Tech Tips. So, Justin, you take it away. As we start this segment, the first thing that I want to ask you, Nick, is have you ever received a code when you've logged into a website? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like a security number that you have to enter in yep. or something like yep. that? Yeah. It'll send you the code. You got to go in and type it in and it says enter this code and then it gains and gives you the access to the website. Mm-hmm. That's what's called two-factor authentication. Most people may not know exactly what it's called, but a lot of people know it because they've done it in some form uh, because there's a lot of websites now that do require it, but not everything requires it. And what that is, is we're used to usernames, we're used to passwords, and that's one layer of security. We got a username, we got a password. Typically, a lot of people use the same username, they use the same password, and they'll repeat it for multiple sites. And that's easy for us to remember, but the hard part is, and the difficult part is, sometimes those things get stolen. There's data breaches. Literally, yesterday evening, opening up the mail, had a letter had a data breach for my wife. They were offering security monitoring, credit monitoring, identity monitoring as a result of it. But it's things that because of the way data is stored, it's going to happen. So one way that you can do to protect yourself with an extra layer of security is with the two-factor authentication. So we're used to the passwords. Well, what two-factor authentication does is instead of just entering your password, it's going to ask you for an additional layer of security, a second piece of information. Now, that information may come via a text message, that's what you said. It may come via an app on your phone that's an authentication app, such as Authy or Google Authenticator or Microsoft Authenticator. And really what it is, it's like having a second lock on your front door. It makes it that much more secure. So you need the password and you need this extra code that you're going to get via one of those other methods. And when you have that, you've got two locks. So if we wanted to, you know, we know we want to be more secure, right? And so we'll take that. And so it doesn't matter if it's your email, bank account, social media, two-factor authentication will provide you an extra layer of security in each and every one of these types of accounts that you have. So most people may say, how do I get started? What do I need to do? Well, it's really simple. Everything that you log into, for the most part, nowadays offers two-factor authentication. Somewhere in there, in your settings, and your security settings, there's going to be a password and a login field. And if you go there, navigate there, you can set it up. If it's your email, if it's social media, every one of these has step-by-step guides. 
on how to set it up. So even if you have no idea what you're doing, you can go there and they will walk you through it. And so really in a world today where online security is more important than ever, we can give each other the peace of mind and you can have the peace of mind that you've got that second lock, that you've got that extra layer of security if you take and, and activate two-factor authentication. So I guess one of the things behind that is, right, you can prove that you are who you say you are rather than someone maybe a little unscrupulous over this overseas that may be trying to hack into your account or even someone local for that instance, right? It could yeah. be anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see that, you know, the, the idea originally formed with two-factor authentication was you had one piece of information that was something that you knew, and then the second piece of information is something that you have or that's on you. So that's why they use your phone for that that text message or you use your phone for the authentication app. Or you can have a, a security card or a security USB device that's something that you physically have with you. So if one thing is taken via, you know, going to a malicious website, you know, or one of those data leaks or whatever it may be, they still don't have what's on you. You know, it's, good, it's, it's a lot harder to physically steal something from, from somebody than it is to steal something digitally. And that's again called what? Two-factor authentication. Two-factor authentication. I think if you've probably spent much time at all online, you've probably heard of that term. You may not know exactly what it is, but uh, that's a very good tip, Justin. Anything we can do to stay more secure and keep from getting hacked on things, right, online, that's a good thing. So thanks for sharing that. That's great. Looking forward to what you have for us next month on that one as well. So. Yeah. Hey, glad to be here. We'll have something different uh, each month. Hopefully it's something that you will utilize, something that you can incorporate. That's the whole goal of this is I don't, we don't want it to just be news. We want it to be something that you can actually put in use and put into practice. Absolutely. Today we have Mr. AJ Daniel with Huff and Puff Trucking as the guest on the Local Click on our podcast series. Thanks for being here today, AJ. Glad to be here. I really appreciate it. I know you took that very long drive to our Woodbury Studios from Bradyville, right? Yeah, I got, got caught in a few red lights, a lot of traffic. <laughs> Wasn't too bad. Not too bad? No, not at all. Well, we appreciate you being here today. Uh, for those unfamiliar with Huff and Puff Trucking, I mean, that is kind of a unique name right, in the trucking industry. You don't hear names like that. So tell us a little bit about what Huff and Puff Trucking is. We are actually celebrating our 40th um, anniversary kind of this month. Um, just had as a, um, a, a, a stakeholder kind of appreciation uh, last, uh, last Saturday. Um, but we've been uh, trucking for 40 years now. Um, started in 1983. Um, Dad was hauling, uh, he was growing peppers, selling peppers, and then hauling peppers um, in the evening down to Haddock, Georgia. And uh, that's kind of where it all began. And it was slowly uh, worked to hauling trees to uh, now hauling all sorts of construction material, building materials all over the country. Does it amaze you sometimes when you look at how it started almost so innocently it, it, it in has, those beginning it, days? It has. And, uh, and, you know, we've dad's worked hard, mom's worked hard um, to do it. And you can, you can kind of see that there was never a... Uh, you know, never a plan. It was just trying to try to make a living, and uh, it's kind of been. We we mean I give him a hard time now about saying everything's a little cobbled up. Um, there's never been. Oh, this is what it's going to be. It's kind of oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it later. Um, and uh, and now we were, you know, hauling freight out all over the country, going to Canada, California, New York, all the time. Have you guys ever counted up how many miles in a typical year all the drivers together? We're we're running mind. about eight million. Wow. That's amazing. What year did it start? 83, 1983. 83, 1983. Okay. 
And uh, now it's a family-run business, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Dad started it. Uh, Mom's always been helping him. I think she started full-time. She was teaching schools, and she uh, came over there in around 1995, 96. And uh, both TJ, who is the oldest brother, BJ, and me kind of all joined in in 2018 and uh, have been working off full-time ever since. And I'm sure that he really likes having that family connection. He, he does. He may not like to fuss all the time, but he he likes it. You we, mean families don't always just get along no, perfectly? It ain't, it ain't perfect, but we we enjoy it. And you get to see each other a lot more that way, too, because you're there during the normal work day, right? Yeah, every, every day. You know, some people get think it's, uh, you know, be a little tiresome to see your parents all the time, but we all enjoy it. I mean, we still go over and eat supper I mean, a couple of times during the week. So for most people, that'd be, uh, you wouldn't want to do it. You want to go home and I don't want to say get away for a yeah, minute. Yeah, get away, but we're, we're not like that. So, Well, that's great. That's great. Um, when I think of the trucking industry, you think of some of the more common things that get hauled around, you know, everywhere. But what's maybe some of the more uncommon loads that people might not think about that you guys carry sometimes? Um, we haul fire hydrants, water valves, um, I mean, insulated pipe. I mean, I think the things people think about would probably be brick and lumber. Mm-hmm. Haul a lot of them, haul a lot of fabricated steel, um, raw steel, I mean, coals. Um, you know, we don't haul directly to car manufacturers, but a lot of what we haul is for them. Um, things that we've hauled a... Um, an automation, some automation equipment one time that was, um, it was put together worth a, worth a fortune. Um, don't want to do that again, <laughs> but, uh, that was probably one of the oddest things that we've ever had to haul. Um, it was all hands on deck kind of deal. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. What's maybe some of the more unique places that you guys have hauled to uh, throughout the years? We've been to the Yukon, uh, some of the Yukon ter- territory. Um, we have actually been to Alaska. Oh, wow. Um, we have been to Newfoundland. We've been there this year um, once already, and that's probably a once-a-year deal, but we go to uh, um, Canada, um, Rocky View, Canada, and Ontario. Um, that's Barry, Ontario, about, you know, two or three times a week. So Wow. I, I bet that's pretty amazing to a lot of our viewers and listeners to think that something, some load that could originate from Bradyville. That's right. Make it all the way to Ontario. It's uh, that's pretty amazing. It, it is. I mean, we got accustomed to it, but it's uh, we're glad to do it. It's a big part of our business. So, uh, what if someone wanted to be a truck driver? If they want to start a career, maybe as a truck driver, do you have any tips for those that might be kind of watching or listening today to get started on that? Um, if anybody want to be, a, we work with uh, um, truck driving schools out of Murfreesboro. Um, we work with some out of. Um, we have a place in Indiana. Um, that we work out of in, in East Tennessee. Um, they all mean good programs, put them through um, different different weeks. I mean, some of them are short, some of them are long, some of them work with people that are uh, um, still working and allow them to do it on the weekends. Some of them allow them to just go ahead and, you know, push through it, get through it quick. And then um, we hire them and we train them for 12 weeks. Um, I mean, anybody that wants to be a truck driver, I mean, you, you've got to have the support of your family. Um, you've got to have a, a wife there. I mean, if you're single, it's fine too. But if you've if you've got a family, you've got to have that support because it takes everybody to to be a truck driver. It's not an easy job, but it, it's one to make a good living. As far as the different types of truck driving positions that might be out there, I'm assuming that you have a lot of the longer trips, such as maybe Ontario mm-hmm. or things like that, or maybe California. I don't know places mm-hmm. like that on the West Coast. But what about uh, do you have any positions where it's more of a local? Uh, 
drive. Uh, and we, we work a, a group of local guys um, um, that pick up all of our freight and deliver it. We kind of work a, a, a different system than most. I mean, most flatbed carriers would uh, would have the over-the-road driver go pick up his own load, go deliver his own load, pick up his reload, and go deliver his reload. Um, whereas we have our local men here in Tennessee who, uh, I mean, kind of serve the middle Tennessee area, even even serve northern Georgia, northern Alabama, and they pick up this freight and they bring it to our yards all over Tennessee. And uh, then we send our outbound drivers to go get it. That way it saves their time and all they've got to do is worry about driving. Um, they've not got to spend two or three hours delivering and picking up. They've just got to go make one delivery, one pickup, get back to see their families. Um, so that way it saves them time and helps them, you know, maximize their um, paycheck and home time too. And probably more efficient for it you is. guys too, right? It is. Um, it, it, it helps us and that way we keep the same people and the same customers and, and um, it kind of works for everybody. Are there any other kind of maybe non-standard jobs involved in the in the trucking industry that you guys employ that people might not be you know normally associated with a, a trucking company um i mean we have we say i mean we from dispatchers to to maintenance techs to i mean we have people that prepare our trucks to make sure they're ready for the over the road men um same as me local like touched on local man we try to make it easy and and hands-free as possible i mean we, we get them fueled for them um we have them washed for them um and then we've got to have, um, you know, you put in accounting and, and marketing and, and safety and, and recruiting and HR. I mean, we employ all those all those people, I mean, to, to try to make it all happen. Do you see any new trends kind of coming into the trucking industry? Anything new and different or exciting coming up? I, th- I think, I mean, technology is, I mean, obviously a major, I mean, it's it's an important in everybody's daily life. And uh, to help it make your I mean, processes as seamless and uh, and as quick as, as possible for I me, mean, both our employees and our customers and, and stakeholders and vendors, everybody, um, we've got to utilize it. I mean, between having cameras in our trucks to um, EODs being on their phone, um, I mean, you've got to use it. And in, in chat GDP, I mean, I, I, I think everybody wants to talk about that, but I'm sure all that generative AI is going to, you know, play a part eventually in our, in, uh, in not just our camera systems in our trucks, but maybe in our in roles in terms of operations as well. It's funny to hear you bring that up because it seems like it's the hot topic is in every industry, every yeah. conference that we go to, it gets brought up over and over and over again. And so you've got all these dissimilar industries all talking about the same up and coming yeah, and technology. I, I think everybody, I, 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 I don't have any idea what it's, you know, what it's going to do. I, I think we've got to kind of, you know, be prepared for that change to, I mean, how it can help us. Or, I mean, where it may hurt us. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the know, unknown, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you just kind of keep, you know, we're not going to expect it to change everything tomorrow, but we've got to kind of, you know, look to the future and kind of see what's how it's, what's going to happen. So tell us maybe a little bit uh, some of the services that maybe DTC helps you with, because this is a DTC-sponsored uh, podcast. Uh, I know DTC and Huff and Puff have, have been partners together in, in business for quite some time. So um, DTC is a tremendous um, part of our operation, um, there's a lot of things in, in running a business where you have to worry about each and every day and you can't turn, turn your back to them. Um, whereas having DTC kind of as our provider and I mean, service provider, I mean, we, we're able to take care. I mean, we, you, you sign up, you get what you need and you forget about it. I mean, and we trust that it's taken care of. Um, we've actually had uh, the lady Myra has been with us for 23 years, Wow, I think. And mm-hmm. she, she's almost been there as long as I've been alive. Um, and she may be even close more than 23 years. Um, it's tremendous. I mean, she's took care of us. Um, I mean, after hours, I mean, send an email and it's, it's responded to instantly. 
Um, and we, we wouldn't be where we are in the rural community without DTC. Well, the appreciation goes both ways. You guys have been our loyal customer for a long time, and it seems like we always find some way, both businesses, don't we, to work together on something, whether it be providing services for you guys or support things or, or us working together on football broadcast. No, you guys have been a title sponsor for high school football since day one. So uh, we appreciate you guys and everything you always done we, for we us. Can't, we, can't, we can't say enough about DTC. I mean, it's they've been been great to work with. I mean, we're, we we kind of joke in the office that we kind of incompetent about incompetent about some of this, you know, technology stuff because DTC has been so good to us. So both good and bad there. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll take we, that as a compliment. Yeah, it's 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 worked well, and um, we're thankful for all y'all do, and, and thankful to be able to sponsor things. We get to sponsor and help. And help us market as well. And you guys, speaking of sponsoring, you guys sponsor a lot of local, and not just local to the Cannon County area, but a lot of local, you know, athletic teams and organizations and stuff like that. What's behind the heart of all the volunteerism uh, and the support? I mean, you, 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 we we employ a lot of good people from these these communities, but you I mean we we're really privileged to operate in them, and then, I mean just being able to give back is is something we like to do, um, and. Yeah, I guess that's the, I mean, the most important thing. I mean, if you're able to work each and every day, and we, we got trucks up and down the road that, um, in these communities that we want to make sure that we are I mean, servicing them as well, because um, that is that is a privilege. It's not just a, a right to do that. I love that. I love that. Well, we appreciate everything that you guys do. We we hope this working relationship can continue on f- for many more years. I'm sure that it will. And uh, obviously, if we can ever do anything to help you guys, you know how to get a hold of us. I'm yes, sure. So, yeah, yeah, I know you're responding pretty quick. So we. Thank you for that. And if somebody wanted to learn more about Huff and Puff Trucking, where do they need to go? Maybe a website? Uh, HuffandPuffTrucking.com. And, and, uh, and they can also call our 1-800 number. Um, to get, and we'd be glad to help them. Well, AJ, we really appreciate you being here today. And thank you for all that you do. And we hope that you'll come back and see us again on that long drive from Bradyville one day. Well, well, thank you for having us. All right. Stay tuned. More of The Local Click coming up. You know that DTC provides great products and services to your home. And you can get the same great value for your business with DTC Business Solutions. Whether you're making sales over the phone or online to customers around the world, we deliver the reliable business solutions you need at a competitive price. And we do it all with uncompromising service. Let's talk about what matters to your business. Call DTC Business Solutions today. And welcome back to the local click. Hey, Justin, I think it's going pretty well. This is the final segment of our very first episode, and so far, so good, right? We have had a phenomenal episode. Appreciate all the guests that we've had on. Appreciate Kyle coming on, AJ coming on, telling us a little bit about what they do. And I look forward to what we have set up for the future. This is the first episode, but it's just number one. There's many more to come. That's right. We're just getting started. And the very uh, first thing we want to talk about on the last part of this segment is something we're going to do each and every month. It's a little uh, part of the show we like to call Ask the Experts, and you need an expert for that, right? So we brought one. It's Jared. Hey, my name is Jared Bradshaw. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you having me. And uh, how long have you been at DTC? Today marks three years. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. One of the common things that we want to talk about in this segment are the things that people might typically call about, they have issues with, and we want to try to maybe help these people understand what these problems are and how they can solve them. They may not even have to call in if they can learn some of the tips that we're going to tell them about. So what are you going to talk about today? So today I'll be talking about programming the remote control to your TV. So with this, 
it'll actually let you do the volume and turn the TV off and on. And uh, it'll actually let you switch the input as well, but this just for the TV, not for the set-top box. So to program it to your television, you're going to hit TV here, then you're going to hold down setup, and you're going to wait till that red light flashes. Once that red light flashes, you're going to hit 991. Once that happens, you're going to channel up and point the remote control at your television. Once it cuts off, you're going to hold down setup here, and then hit TV and power, and your TV will power up. You'll be able to do the volume and everything like that. So what is the advantage of using this remote versus the one that came with the TV? Well, using this remote, you'll have one remote to do everything rather than having, you know, your old TV remote, the DTC remote, the sometimes the soundbar remote, you know. So it helps out a lot not losing all these, you know, in the couch cushions and everything. Yeah, not that I've ever done that. How about you, Justin? There's a reason that I have an ear tag on devices like that in my home, especially yeah. with my children. <laughs> That's a good idea, too. That's, That's a, a good idea. There's a free tech tip for you. Yeah, tech tip of the day. So if you're a DTC TV customer, right, this is this is the kind of tip for you because... Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if you get a new television, and instead of us coming out there to program it, if you want to just do it yourself, you could watch, you know, this podcast, listen to it, whatever, and you'll be able to program this new, this remote to your new television. I like that. And okay. the cool thing is, whenever you buy a television, if it's Samsung, that's the one TV that comes programmed automatically to the remote. So really, you just have to hit TV and then set up 991, and it automatically programs. To oh, that's Samsung. great. Yep. That's great. Anything I can do to have less remote controls in my house, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm going to have to steal the AirTag idea. That's pretty listen, good. Listen, simplification makes everything and make everybody's life better. And listen, again, like you said, I have trouble keeping up with one remote. I don't want to try to be keeping up with two, three, four, or five. <laughs> well, I'm going to put that tip in my back pocket. And I'm going to use that. I'm sure it's going to come in handy. So thanks for sharing your wisdom with us today yeah, on that. Uh, Next, we're going to do what we like to call the Tech News Roundup. And who better to do that than our tech expert himself, Mr. Justin Malden. So tell us, what do you have for us today, Justin? Well, AJ kind of beat me to the punch earlier in the initial interview. He brought up chat GPT. And AI, I know, is all the talk. And you guys specifically mentioned that, that AI is all the talk. And I'm just going to go ahead and ask you this. Have you guys used chat GPT yet? I've messed around with it a little bit. I've asked it some funny questions just to see what its response was would be but so it's less than a year old but already in that time frame recently they've already updated to their new gpt4 model which has got some different learning algorithms this isn't linear programming so this can learn and and reply to different things that you're saying it can take text it can do image inputs and all kinds of things now but most recently they have developed an enterprise program that they used with development with multiple companies they had over 20 companies including some fortune 500 companies where they're using it to integrate specifically with these companies so that they can utilize it and utilize specific branding and specific things related to their businesses so this thing's just getting started ai or artificial intelligence is just getting started to begin with and we're just scratching the surface people are amazed at what these programs can do already with these inputs but we're just at the beginning it's kind of like when the internet first started People, I don't think, years ago could have imagined where we're going to be at with it today. Well, that's so. for sure. There's really no telling where this technology is going to lead us to, is there? And it could be, you know, a lot of great things. There could be some questionable things, right? There's still some security issues around uh, out here on the news and things like that. What are your thoughts on that part of it? So, you know, as I was preparing for this and I was trying to research a little bit more into ChatGPT and some of the more recent developments, there were some security 
uh, programmers and some security analysts who were checking into it and not just chat GPT, but other AI models as well. And they figured out that you can manipulate using what's called string text, which is some characters that you input that would look like gibberish to us, but it, intentional. And it would throw the AI models off and get them to actually break their programming. So there are certain things these AI models are not allowed to answer. They can't tell you how to do something illegal. They can't tell you how to do something uh, that may be violent, but using the string text, they're able to break that and get it to go against its own programming wow. and actually explain certain things. You know, so again, we're still at the infancy. Of course, you've got these security testers, just like with other technology, they do this for a living. They're trying to find ways to break into code, find these vulnerabilities. And so we really want them to be doing it too, because we want to know what these things are so that it can get patched and it can get fixed and you don't have to worry about it in the future. So we want to use this power for good and not evil. That's yes. the gist of it, right? Yes, absolutely. So so one day, Jared, maybe people forget how to program their remote. Maybe they forget this great episode and this segment we just did. They can just ask, how do I program my DTC remote to control my television? And it'll just spit the instructions I'm out. I'm sure it'll be out there somewhere. It's got to be, right? got to be. It's going to be. Everything's on YouTube, right? <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it, it's, going, it's going to be amazing. And it, it's already, you see, they're already partnering with these big companies. Like I said, Fortune 500 companies who are already wanting to utilize this. And to, we're going to go down that path and we'll see. That you know, there are pros to it. There's cons to it as well. We've talked about the security risks. There's also you got to ask the ethical questions too of what's that mean for humans and what does it mean for their jobs and what may go on. So you know, so there's some there's some things you know it, it can do all these amazing things, but also at the same time, as this process plays out and as we see AI develop and we see it, how are we going to answer some of those other concerns as well? Well, we'll just have to stay tuned, as they say, right? Yep. Stay tuned and keep watching. That's it. It won't be boring, that's for sure. So, and before we uh, wrap up and close this uh, episode out today, I do want to take a, a small time here to kind of do a, a segment I like to call What's Up DTC. Basically, what kind of things are we doing in the community? We're always out and about there doing something. So for the month of September coming up first, we have the White Oak Craft Fair in Woodbury at the Arts Center of Cannon County. That will be on Saturday and Sunday, September 9th and 10th. Next, we have the DTC Annual Meeting, which will be held at the DeKalb County Fairgrounds in Alexandria on Saturday, September 16th. Following that, we have the DeKalb Farm Bureau Farm Day, which will be held Wednesday, September 20th at Jimmy Herndon's Farm in Smithville. Next, we have the Cannon County High Career Day, which will be on Monday, September 25th. And to wrap things up, we have William Walton Days in Carthage on Saturday, September 30th. Lots of places that you can see DTC in the community in the month of September for sure. So just uh, make sure you keep an eye out for us. And if you see us, uh, feel free to stop by and say hello. And uh, who knows, we may even have a freebie or two for you at some of these events. I know we, we like to bring goodies sometimes, don't we? Listen, we love to give stuff away. We love to have photo booths and take pictures. And just to get out there, we, we, we want to interact with you. We want you to come and see us. We want you to come and talk to us. We want to get to know you. We're doing this podcast to get to know local people, but we want to know you, too, who's out there. So come and see us. Let us get to know you a little bit better. That's right. And on that note, I think that's a wrap for today. That's the very first episode in the books for September, and uh, we plan on being back the first Wednesday of 
each month with a new episode. And I hope you'll come back with us, Jared, because we like having you around. It's always good to have an expert. I guess I'll come back. All right. Hey, I may have to bribe you. Maybe I can buy your lunch or something. Just bring me a donut. That took a lot. Oh, fellow Krispy Kreme fan. Hello. Hello. That took a lot of arm twist and there was a lot of convincing that yeah. needed to be done right there. <laughs> Did you see there? the pain in his face just then? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty rough. So, Well, that's all we got for uh, this month. But thanks for tuning in and uh, be sure to subscribe and keep up with us. And we hope you'll catch us next time on The Local Click. Learn more about the show by visiting us online at thelocalclick.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast or video platform so you won't miss our next episode of The Local Click. See you next month.